Why don't you stand to your feet? We honor the reading of God's Word. I've got a good word for you today. Ephesians chapter 2. We have a theme verse that we share every Sunday together. We're going to read this together. We'll bring it up on the screen there. Ephesians chapter 2, our theme verse. All right, we got it. And uh, are you guys ready to read together? Here we go. One, two, three. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. In our text for today, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, just a couple chapters after this. We're almost all the way through the book of Ephesians. It's amazing. If you've stuck with us through this whole series, you'll have a pretty good grasp on what the entire book is about. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17, and this is what it says. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Lest in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves to lewdness, to work uncleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness let's pray and let's ask the Lord's hand over this time as we open his word Lord I I thank you for your word I thank you that it is life and it is light and it is instruction and correction. And God, I just welcome right now your Holy Spirit that you would anoint each and every person within the sound of my voice. Mighty God, that you would anoint me, that I would preach with authority and under your unction as I ought to. And God, that you would anoint every person within the sound of my voice. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart and a mind that perceives what your Spirit is speaking today. I bind the word works of the enemy, he who would seek to divide or distract, distort or uproot your word as it's coming forward today. Give us liberty in receiving your word, mighty God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. Anybody know the name of our series? Better Together. That's right, you guys are with me. Hallelujah. Uh, we, we've been studying the book of Ephesians. And I know we actually started this series in January. Some may have forgotten, well, why are we doing a study on the book of Ephesians? I wanted to review just very quickly. Part of the reason that I wanted to do a study on the book of Ephesians is I believe it kind of gives us a roadmap for what I'm believing for right here in Kona. Ephesians was, is a revival book. You understand there's a, a few times where Paul was delayed in going to Ephesus. In fact, there were a number of times for many years, some scholars say up to 17 or, or, or 20, somewhere between 17 and 20 years, 
that Paul wanted to go to Ephesus. His heart was in Ephesus, but he was delayed continually from going to Ephesus. This was the capital of pagan worship in the day, Diana worship, one of the seven wonders of the world. The temple of Artemis was there. Uh, horrendous worship that I cannot describe appropriately from this pulpit. But it was the pagan worship capital of that day. And by the time Paul finally came to Ephesus, God used him in such a mighty way that they literally, I mean, they beheaded the, the head of that goddess, I'm just telling you. They literally saw the temple of Artemis dismantled brick by brick complete. You can't visit the seventh one, one of these seven wonders of the world. It's not even there. Because of the mighty revival that they had. You guys remember the seven sons of Sceva? Acts 19, these guys, they see Paul casting out demons and they try and cast out demons. And they end up getting wounded, leaving, running, uh, wounded and naked. You guys remember that story? It's an awesome story. That was in Ephesus. One of the other things that happened, you remember when the Bible says that handkerchiefs and aprons came from Paul and they had healing power. They'd lay it on people and demons would come out. That was in Ephesus. You remember when an entire city repented of witchcraft and they brought all their idols and they brought all their books of witchcraft and they had this big bonfire? The Bible actually records how much it was in the, in the millions of dollars in, in current day currency. That was in Ephesus. Over and over and over again, they had tremendous revival. And I believe for revival for Kona. I believe for revival right here. And so I think Ephesians is a, is a wonderful roadmap. We also see that Ephesians is a book of spiritual warfare. And we haven't got a lot into that yet. That's what our what chapter, the latter part of chapter 5 and 6 is going to deal with. But uh, we're going to learn how to war and how to tear down principalities and powers. And, uh, and it's going to be an awesome thing. Uh, the other thing that I love, and this is the, the theme, this is why we share out of chapter 2 every single Sunday. It's the idea that in order to see revival come, in order to see demonic power broken over regions and areas, we need to be together. The church needs to be together. You understand, we are together in Christ. Chapters 1, 2, and most of chapter 3 are all about how we are seated together with Christ. We are together with him in heavenly places. That's our position. But what happens then is we're also aware that we are together with one another. That the body of Christ is comprised of, of many different parts and many different people. And uh, even last Sunday was sharing about the fact that we all have gifts that we need to exercise. Things that we need to do to fulfill the call of God if the church is going to be all that God has called us to be. Now, you'll see here as we, uh, as we come to our text today, there's this idea, there's a word that's used all throughout chapter 4 and chapter 5. And we're kind of turning a, 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 you know, a corner here with a book of Ephesians because we've been talking about identity. Who are we in Christ and who are we together? And now we're coming into the place of now that I know who I am and who we are, what do I do with that? How do I now walk? Everybody say walk. walk. 
It's very important. We're going to walk together. Uh, we're going to walk. You'll see in chapter 4 there, in verse 1, it says we walk worthy of the call of God. In verse 3, it says we walk in unity. In verse 5, it says we walk in faith. But today, it actually talks about how we should not walk and how we should walk. Some thoughts on how we don't walk this way, make sure you walk this way. And, uh, and it, says that, it says that we are to not walk like the world, but we're to walk as a new man, a transformed man. Do you know you're a, a new man? Everybody, everybody look at, at your neighbor and say, I'm a new man. No, no, okay, so I was listening. Now listen, hear me, hear me. I know that today, today, oh, gender pronouns. That's a hot topic issue, isn't it? Now listen, all of us are called to be one new man. You want to know why? Because that one new man, even for you ladies, is found in one man, Christ Jesus. We're all one new man. Now listen, it goes both ways. So lest all the ladies be offended, here's an offense to the man. Okay? Because the Bible also says that you are, men, the bride of Christ. And I, <laughs> I had the thought the other day, you know, part of the reason Jesus might be delaying his coming is he's pictured some of us in our wedding gown. <laughs> Imagine that. And so, uh, praise God. You're one new man. We are the bride of Christ. And, uh, and I'm not, for, forget the gender prone. Grab hold of the message. That's the, that's the point of all this. And, and part of it, we're not, we're, not, we're not walking like the Gentiles. They can argue about gender pronouns and all that kind of stuff. We're not doing that. Hallelujah. We're going to do what the Bible says. Verse 17, don't walk like the Gentiles. We are in the world. We're not of the world. We're not called to conform to the world. In fact, we're called to be transformed. And we are transformers. As people come into the body of Christ, we are to be the ones to initiate that transformation, lead them to Christ. The Bible says, this is very important because I know people are going to say, well, Pastor Jesus sat with sinners. Aren't we supposed to be around sinners? Hey, listen, Jesus did sit with sinners, but Jesus did not sin with sinners. We get this idea, you know, and, and honestly, most of the time I've heard people use this. I mean, I remember using this as a teenager. Mom, I need to go be around my unsafe friends because I'm the only light in the witness that they'll ever have. And it was a, an excuse for me to go backslide with my backslidden friends. The Bible says that corruption cannot inherit incorruption. I use a goofy illustration, but if you were to take a, a, a pure white glove and you were to go and, and play in the mud, you're going to notice that that mud does not get glovey. Right? Your glove will get muddy, won't it? And, and the idea that you're going to go as a purified man or woman of God and you're going to go and get in this, un, in, 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 go around the corruption of the world and boy, I'm just going to purify it by my presence. It's not going to work that way. The Bible says flat out, 1 Corinthians 15, 50, that corruption cannot inherit in corruption. You'll notice what Jesus did. Yes, Jesus was around sinners. Yes, Jesus was around heathens. But they came to him. 
And you'll notice that he would have, of course, he would have a tax collector who would come to him and say, hey, listen, stop taking more than what you're supposed to take. Take only what you're required to be honest about this thing. He would tell people who are in adultery or people in prostitution, and he would forgive them. He would cast out their devils, and then he would say, go and sin no more. These people, as they came to Jesus, now listen to me. I want drunks, and I want drug addicts, and I want homosexuals, and I want adulterers. I want all of those to come into the house of God. However, we're not going to conform our message. We're not going to change things. In order, We're going to preach the life-transforming gospel of Jesus Christ. And no matter what your hang-up is, we're going to believe for transformation. One of my favorite verses, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Look at, this is a cool list. Pay attention to this list. Do you not know that the righteous, unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Sexually immoral, uh, idolaters, adulterers, men who pra practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Point blank. But watch verse 11. It says, such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. I mean, think about that list right there. I, I did account myself. Sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm on that list four times. I don't know, how many of you are on that list at least once? Okay, all right, some of you are not being honest. Your liars is on that list. Um, how many of you are on that list somewhere? Okay, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Guys, this is what the world needs. We've watched now this whole COVID situation. Oh, I don't have time for this. Maybe I'll talk about it second service. I, I'm telling you, we have watched now where people have tried to, you know, we just, we need to do things like the world. We need to look like the world. We need to meet the world right where they're at. And uh, I adamantly disagree. Look at the churches that are exploding in the midst of this COVID situation. They are churches that are unashamed of the gospel. They are churches that are unashamed of the Holy Ghost. They are churches that, oh, well, pastor, we need to honor our governmental leaders. Not at the expense of the gospel. When they begin to say, you cannot meet, you cannot worship, it, it would put us in the position where we disobey the gospel command to don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't be like those guys that don't attend church. It's literally what Hebrews 10, 25 and 26 is talking about. I'm not going to disobey the Bible to honor government. You understand what I'm saying? It's very, very important because, you know, the next thing's going to happen. And we've heard, we've heard rumors of, of this kind of stuff happening. There's going to be a time where... Might be the governor. I don't know how this would work, but uh, you know, Pastor, you need to submit your sermons for review before you preach on a Sunday morning. And there's going to be pastors who are already in the habit of, well, whatever the government says, that's just what we're going to do. You know, I had I heard one guy say, "This is all I'm going to say about this," and then I, I'm going to move on before I get in trouble. 
One pastor said this last week, if your church is still not opened, you need to find a new church. And I wholeheartedly agree. We need to fight to keep our churches open, to meet together, to pray for one another, keep the gospel going forward. We're going to start new churches. I mean, we started in the midst of this pandemic, you understand. Our church, we planted a churches are shutting down, still haven't opened yet. We're starting churches in the middle of the pandemic, and we're going to continue to do that kind of thing. Hallelujah. So I hope that you guys are with me at the end of the day. Here's, here's why I even bring some of that up. The Bible says we don't walk like the world. And then it gives a whole list. They are futile. That means they're intellectually unproductive. They have an unfruitful mind. It says because of the ignorance that is in them and the blindness of their heart. They are past feeling. I mean, think about this. This is who we're going to follow. I'm telling you guys, when I hear some new report, well, the CDC says this now. And, oh, uh, Dr. Fauci says this. It's like... I'm trying to be aware of what's going on, but at the end of the day, what these guys say is not who I'm going to base my life around. Put up the tent, and there were people who drove from all over the place just to attend that meeting. And as the testimony goes, as people would cross the county line, not even until they got into the, the tent, as they would cross the county line, immediately their bodies were being healed. People who had Spanish flu, 60% dying if you got the Spanish flu. Their body was completely healed. And they had mighty, mighty revival that happened out there. Study Maria Woodworth Eder. These guys, I'm telling you, I don't get concerned. I, I, I read one statistic that one in five churches will not open because of this COVID thing. And I say praise God. There's healthy pruning that needs to happen. And that may seem like a hard statement, but guys, I'm just, I feel like these guys, eh, I'm going to move on. Are you guys with me? Yeah. I sure hope so. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful the voices that you're hearing. Because literally what we're dealing with here is Paul's talking about how there are people who are futile in their mind. They have unfruitful thinking. They're blind. In fact, one of the interesting phrases here, it means that they are, in verse 19, it says they are past feeling. Literally means they are morally insensitive. Is this who we're going to listen to? Is it, are these the kinds of people that we're going to follow? I, I think about this. Have you ever wondered, how is it that anybody can argue that abortion is a wonderful thing and it's a human right that we should all have? I mean, I hear arguments like this, and I'm just thinking, you are not right in the head. I, I hear arguments for, I mean, all kinds, you just... You just look at it. I mean, there's a ton of things. I mean, how can people not be concerned about children committing suicide because they've been locked in their homes for the entire year? How can we not be concerned about addiction and overdose rates that are going through the roof over this last year or domestic violence and, and divorce, marriages falling apart? I mean, I look at these issues, and it, it breaks my heart. But I look in the same people that are, that are pushing certain agendas today, you never hear a mention about any of these things. Why? It's exactly what the Bible describes. They're blind, they're godless, and they are past feelings. They don't feel. 
So this is the way that we are not to walk. We're not going to walk that way. We're not going to walk that way. This is what it says, but you have not learned, verse 20. If indeed you have heard him, you've been taught by him, you've been taught the truth of Jesus. And then it says this, put off the old man, renew the spirit of your mind, and put on the new. This is how we're going to live. We're not going to walk in the ways of the world, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to put off. Everybody say, put off off. the old man. That filthy, it's, it's the idea of like a filthy, tarnished garment. And, and what the Bible is instructing us, we got to take that off. You got to shed your skin, okay? We've got a new body that we need to step into. We got to get rid of this thing. Remember one time, I, uh, I rode my motorcycle, you know, I ride my motorcycle to church most of the time. And uh, this, was, this was a couple years ago now. I was riding to church. And uh, I get to church, and I meet this guy right inside the door. I go up, and I'm, you know, just greeting him, talking to him. And I just notice, I I don't know if it's his breath or his armpits, but, like, there there was some stink going on there. And, like, you know, I go up, and I'm trying to be nice and stuff, but it's like, it's distracting. Anybody ever experienced, we've all experienced that. That's one thing, you know, sometimes the masks can actually be a blessing. Um. I'm not going to go back on that, so never mind. Uh, But, you know, so I go up to this guy, and it's just like, oh, the stench was just horrible. So I kind of cut the conversation short, and I, you know, just went on with my thing. We get into the service, and, and I remember we're in worship, and I smell this again. And I look around, and the guy's like, you know, three, four seats down, and I'm like, surely... He does not smell that bad. What in the world is going on? And so I just like, you know, kind of turn myself away, and I'm just like, you know, worshiping over this direction. And we come to a prayer time, and, and I just, this, this smell keeps on following me everywhere that I go. I'm just like, what in the world is going on? And I'll never forget, I, we, we were in this prayer moment, and I'm like, I got my head down, and I look down, and I notice on my shirt, I've got this like smear of yellow. And I'm like, what in the world is that? I open up, I was wearing a coat that night, I open up my jacket, and there is this massive stink bug that apparently while I was riding my motorcycle into the church, I had driven, this thing had driven, hit me, died, just splattered all over my chest. I didn't even realize it, and the bug itself had sunk down just like barely inside my coat. And so what I thought was everybody else's stink (laughs) <laughs> was actually me. And you know, so I, and I was reminded because I actually had the same thing happen like last week in Eugene, praise God. You know, if you ever see somebody, listen, you see somebody who's got lettuce in their tooth, or you notice their zipper's undone, tell them, please. All right, please. In fact, I know of a pastor, I won't tell you who. I won't tell you who, but you all know him. Uh, he said that one of the reasons he likes to have a solid pulpit, he doesn't want to have a, a clear pulpit, he doesn't want to have something like this, is because occasionally he'll get behind the pulpit and realize that his zipper is undone, but he can, you know, go and zip it up <laughs> in a way that nobody can see what's going on. Nobody even realized. So anyway, I'm getting uh, way sidetracked. Hallelujah. So uh, take off the old garment. We need to put on the new what we what we got to realize is sometimes sometimes we have these these issues that are recurring and it's like you notice you know sometimes people just have this 
propensity. They're always getting offended. Every situation they get, every circle of friends, they're always getting offended. And man, I just go, well, I can't be in that small group anymore because that person offended me. And then you realize, well, I can't be a part of that ministry any longer. I can't be a part of this church. And sometimes you got to realize that it's not everybody else who's got a problem. Sometimes we're the ones that are wounded. Sometimes we're the ones that are hurt. Sometimes we're the ones that need to pursue healing. It's not that everybody's being offensive. It's that you're sensitive. And I know that's offensive. I'm sorry. I just offended all those prone to offend. But we need to take that off. And then the Bible says that we are to be renewed. Verse 23. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is so important. You understand what they're actually walking us through right here is deliverance. You take off the old we now see that our mind is transformed. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, into the, the obedience of Christ. I like the way the New Living Translation says, it says, we capture rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. You ever think about what you think about? Because you should. This thought, well, that's a God thought. This thought, that's not a God thought. I mean, really, you just take some personal inventory sometime. You want to be transformed? You want to look like Jesus? You want to begin to, to operate the way that he does? We, this is where it begins, friend. We need to begin to take inventory. What are the thoughts that are coming into my mind? When you're hit with a situation, think about how you respond to these things. I mean, if you hear about somebody who's sick in your family, do you immediately think, we need to start saving up for the funeral? Or does your mind go, how can I get there to lay hands on them to see them raised up from that sick bed? I mean, what are the things that come to your mind? Are you thinking like Jesus does or are we thinking like the world? We need to transform our mind and our way of thinking. Uh, one of my favorite illustrations, uh, favorite stories, a true story, there's a World War II general named Colonel Chesty Polar. And this guy, I mean, he was, he was a madman, uh, decorated today war veteran. But the thing is, he was very, he did not believe in defensive war tactics. He was attack, attack, attack. And there was one occasion where he, uh, this is in World War II, he, there was a call that came into the dispatchers, and, uh, and Colonel Chesty, he says, the enemy is in front of us. The enemy is behind us. They're on either side of us. We are completely surrounded. And they were waiting. Is he going to call for backup? What are we going to do? How do we respond to this? But this is what Chesty Puller said. He said, they won't escape this time. He had this mentality. Some of us would be in the place where it's all over, we're completely surrounded, we're done for. He had the mentality, they're not getting away. They're going to feel the attack this time. And sure enough, they came through that, they, they won that battle, and he became a great war hero. And it, 
we must consider how do we take situations when they come in we need to renew our mind and then the third part here is we put on the new man we put off we see that our mind is transformed and then we put on second corinthians 5 17 if anyone is in christ he's a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new romans 13 14 put on christ and make no provision for the flesh have you put on christ i love how ephesians says you've been clothed in righteousness you've been clothed in holiness and here's the key, and I, I close with this thought. We're going to pray for this. Isaiah 61, 3. It's a powerful passage in the Psalms. It says that he will give them, that God will give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for heaviness. But I've noticed that one of the things that happens in life, like, I don't want to be heavy in my heart any longer. I don't want to carry around this mourning any longer. And we want freedom. We want liberty. We want healing from those things. But what you must understand is you look at the way that this is phrased. He will give them beauty for ashes. You got to give him your ashes if you want his beauty. He will give you joy for mourning you got to give him your mourning you got to give him your heaviness if you want god to move you into a place of praise we have to give him our sin if we want him to move us into righteousness there's always a putting off a taking off of that garment that's been defiled of the flesh a transformation of mind and then a putting on of what jesus desires to give each and every one of us it's very important that's that's what deliverance is right there you want to know what we do on tuesday nights is we're really just examining you're gripped by fear guess what god says that perfect love casts out fear you give god your fear he gives you his love but you have to be willing to release it i've noticed that there's some people they love being identified by their hurt oh you don't know what my divorce felt like oh you don't know what it was like having a father like i did oh you don't know how it was i got wounded over here and people oftentimes like the attention that comes with, with that wounding with that with that pain with that hurt but if we're ever going to step into what god desires us to be we're going to walk like Jesus. We have to be willing to say, Lord, you can take my pain. You can take my mourning. You can take my fears. You can take, take my sin. Transform me. And give me your life. Give me your virtues. Give me your power. Give me your love. Come on, let's stand to our feet all across this room. We're going to pray for this. Even right now I just I have a sense that the Lord is probably speaking to you already hey today's the day to lay down that fear today's the day to lay down that abuse today's the day that depression that heaviness let's take off that garment let's lay aside that defilement 
Let's ask the Lord to transform us and let's receive the new nature that is in Jesus. Lord, I, I ask you right now to speak to us. Change us, challenge us, mighty God. Every one of us carry around in our lives things that, that don't quite look like you, Lord. Wounds, hurts, sin, brokenness. God, all of us have issues. All of us have, have areas that we desperately need you to transform. We can't do it on our own. And so, Lord, I'm asking that even right now, you would speak to us. What is it? What is that garment? What is that that we've been carrying around that you desire for us to, to take off, to put off? That's tied to our old nature, the old man. Lord, I ask you to speak to us even now. Do a great work in each and every one of us. Come on, can I lead you in a declaration right now? Can we just pray together? I want you to pray right out loud. Pray, dear Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to change me, transform me, renew my mind. I choose today to put off the old man, that which is defiled, that which is broken, that which is sinful, that which is hurt. Lord, I take it off and I give it to you. I trust you, Jesus, to be my healer, to be my deliverer, to be my savior. Take my brokenness, take my ashes and give me beauty. Take my heaviness and give me praise. Lord, I ask you, transform my mind and give me your new life. Clothe me in you, Jesus. I receive the fullness of Jesus Christ over my life today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, come on. Wow. The only thing I want to encourage you, I'm going to pray a blessing over you and let us get out of here. But I just encourage you today, find verses in the Bible that are connected to whatever it is that you gave to the Lord today. It's fatherlessness. I give it to you. Find verses that have to do with Abba, Father, Father, you know, Father God. And you just, that's how you're going to retrain your mind. Grab hold of the Word of God. Amen. That's your assignment for this week. Let me speak a blessing over you. Hallelujah. Would you just lift your hands all across this room? Today, I speak the blessing of God over you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Abraham was blessed in every way, may God bless you in every detail of your life. As God blessed Jacob, changing his name to Israel, may your name Christian cause you to be fruitful and multiply in all you set your hands to do. When you're tempted and tried, may you come forth victoriously, just as Job, resulting in twice as much as you had before. As you raise your children in the admonition of the Lord, may they in turn grow up godly, bringing honor to your family name. 
when you honor God with your tithe, may financial and material blessing run you down and overtake you in every area. May the devourer be rebuked and annihilated while others rise up and call you blessed. As you wait upon the Lord, obey his word and seek him above all else. May the blessing of strength, courage, protection, and favor be your reward. May the Lord watch over and guard your going out and your coming in. Kings Kona, may the Lord bless you and keep you and shine his light upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. I bless you in the name of the Father, in the name of Jesus, and the Holy Ghost.